This is a Real Footy Podcast trade period special. Hello and welcome. My name is Michael Gleeson and joining me today to wrap the news of the day, Peter Ryan. Welcome, Pete. G'day, Michael. Good to be here. One and a half, 24 hours, really. Little over twenty four hours to go. Again, like a bit happened. Bit happened on. Bit happened. Bit happened on Monday, <laughs> and and today we had uh, more action. So, yep. Quick wrap of what did happen. Brody Grundy was traded to Melbourne for pick twenty seven. In the end, that was uh, well. I suppose um, once the Jackson deal went, it was yep. always it was agreed. They said in forecast that when they were when the trade period started, that it was pretty happen, much they were pretty close. Yep. I think Collingwood was still. Wanting or expecting to get slightly more than twenty-seven, they said wanted inside twenty-five, but they got twenty-seven. They've stuck with that. Do you think they uh, negotiate around how much? Because Collingwood's obviously paying part of his contract. I think so. So you think that the higher pick might have meant that Melbourne pays more, or oh, did it just did possibly, they just accept twenty-seven? The, they're not paying. They're paying less than the three hundred a year that was right mooted at the very start of yep. the trade period. And that was, but I think that was agreed earlier. Yep. Um, how much less? It's more than two. It's less than three. Yep. yep. Take so it, it's about you know, a throw a dart bucks. as to how much yep. it is. But yeah, yep. look, it's over the course of the next five years. Mm. If you, you can look at it as being, well, they're going to pay at least say a million over a million bucks. Yep. The other side of it is you'd look at it and say, well, they're going to save three and a half to four million. Yep. Exactly right. So and that's but they haven't got a player. Look, they haven't got a player. There was a, a ill-fated contract when they signed it, really, for seven years. It was uh, too big and too long, and now they've just cut their losses, and good luck well, to Grundy. senior people at the club at the time said no one in the club wanted to do that deal when they did that deal, but mm. they had to do that deal for a range of reasons, nonetheless, of which being that they needed to get under the cap, so they had to stretch him out. Yeah, so okay. Yep. The problem with that is they end up stretching him out on such money that it becomes untenable to keep him. Does this put a line through the era of Collingwood, which, you know, uh, a lot of people tried to fix um, that's kind of got the salary cap back into some sort of shape, do you think? Yeah, I think, to be fair, I think Ned Guy did fix it. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that was... 100%, that's the point I was making. That was fixed. Yeah. um, And this is... They could have done this. more of an attacking measure. Yeah. They could have kept Grundy and been under the cap. But... By doing Grundy, because they looked at a, there were a whole range of factors at play in this, which was we we will move on from just the yeah. Grundy discussion. But um, one being his body, his age, and um, the, the amount of money, yeah. and then then a philosophical question of how much does the this coaching staff in particular rank uh, spending on a and, and this football manager and list manager rank spending on or rate spending on a ruckman. Um, so then you look at it and go, well, in the end, you go, well, twenty seven is mm. not bad for a what, is it, what age is he now? 20, 29. 29. Yeah, it's not bad. With five more years in his 30s, you know, 34 mm. um, on that amount of money. Um, but it's a good deal for Melbourne. They get they get the Ruckman in that replaces, I think he's a better player than Jackson. Right um, now he right is. Right now. Absolutely. And so they're not going backwards at all. And um, I think he'll have a bit of... Uh, Brody Grundy, not knowing him very well, but knowing, you know, had conversations with him, he's going to have a bit of point to prove, I reckon. Oh, yeah. yeah he's a good fella. And he's, yeah. like, he was popular and, and he wanted to be there. But, um, you know, that's the, the business and commercial decisions. They they separately did the deal for uh, Peter Billy Frampton. Yep, we all came alive when this happened to be. <laughs> oh, zing, hey. hey. You had to say it. 
<laughs> All came alive in the 70s. <laughs> Billy Frampton to Collingwood for a future third rounder. Uh, Jack Gunston, who was a free agent, so could have gone as a free agent, but didn't because they preserved the, the compensation pick that Brisbane got for losing McStay. Yep. So Brisbane instead traded pick 48 and a future fourth rounder to... This could be a great pickup for Brisbane. Yeah. Oh, he's a terrific player. Yep. Um, Jack Bowes and pick seven went to Geelong for a future third rounder. Mm, the future third rounder must be a good player. <laughs> <laughs> um, a few people have suggested that it should have been required that it be a future second at, at worst that you you shouldn't leapfrog two two rounds of the draft yep. that to make it a slightly commercial deal and it's nowhere near commercial you you should be given um, even though it's a salary dump and we know all of that that it should at least be uh, closer to parity that's true but it's semantics really I mean it's yeah. so out of whack that and people all hate this, but I think it's smart from the Gold Coast. The fact that it was dumb for him to be on that amount of money to start with, um, eight twenty-five a year for the next two years, mm. crazy. But he was flight risk at the time. They had other people going out, and then it was back ended. So it, he wasn't a player of that that they mm. valued that that they had to back end him for the sake of a draft pick. They've created over no over eight hundred thousand dollars in salary cap yeah, space yeah. Well, this year. I think, and I think we discussed it last sets week. Sets them up. So last week, if you got Jack Bowes running around in the twos, yeah, and he's on eight hundred thousand a year, ridiculous. Yeah, um, Jacob Hopper and picks fifty three and sixty three uh, to Richmond for pick thirty one and a future first rounder, which um, you were reporting on earlier today. Yeah, well, it was interesting because uh, there was a lot of uh, discussion around whether Avan Soldo would be part mm. of a deal. There, but uh, the Giants decided probably pick 31 in a future first rounder for Jacob Hopper was always on the table. I think what happened with that as well is there was discussion around Soldo right up until today. Yep. And then the discussions that started on Monday around Jagger O'Meara yeah, okay. um, yep. altered the appetite for, for Soldo. And yep. they, they were wanting to see where that landed. And in the, middle of Rich, in the meantime, Richmond's like, hang on, we're not sitting around waiting yep. on what's happening with that they couldn't have brought them both in it would have you know if you're trying to improve your salary cap position you don't bring in two players no that's the true two going out yeah um and and so they they pulled out of that um pulled the solo arrangement out of that and those deals were done look effectively even though this looks like um less compensation for losing Hopper than it does for Taranto. And I, I, I rate Hopper a slightly better player than Taranto. He's so he's far. Been missed, yep. Even though he's missed most of this year with injury. Um, realistically, this was a package deal, wasn't it? It was agreed from the start. This is what we've got to give you. This is, And, and they agreed in broad terms, yeah, that'll get it done. Yep. But because one was contract, one wasn't. Yeah, they um, can't be considered in isolation about the fairness of the deal. You look no. at Hopper and Taranto and they get 12, 19, 31 and a future... First round pick and a couple of picks back. Yeah, yeah. so it's so, a pretty good deal. Yeah, it is a good deal. And and by trading those first, doing the Hopper deal, uh, the Toronto deal early, um, gave GWS some picks to be able to do some, I just make some moves early. I didn't like the thought of Avan Soldo leaving Richmond. It's just got a great feel with Noah Bolter, Avan Soldo, Avan Marrick, Ivan, Ivan Marrick, and uh, Marte Colleen. Colleen has yeah. also joined them. There's just a big crew of guys that have come from that uh, same neck of the woods out in Melbourne. Yeah. Put in Ford Richmond. It's good. Yeah. In the meantime, we've got... So we touched on O'Meara. Um, the, the deals that are left hanging at the moment, we've got um, O'Meara 
there's this uh, Fremantle's come in hard yeah, for him. Yeah, it's interesting. You reported that today. What's the go there? So I think he's more likely to go to Fremantle than right. than Hawthorne. Hawthorne's deal to GW. Sorry, uh, sorry, Giants. What am I saying? The Giants' deal will be pick will be better, I think, than Fremantle's at the moment. Um, he would probably have a preference for Fremantle because of the go home to West Australia. I think he, he was planning to, at the end of this contract with Hawthorne next year, to yeah. return to WA. His, his partner is a yeah, okay. WA girl as well. So I think they've got, uh, from his perspective, that's where he'd rather rather go. Uh, even though he's close mates with well, Stephen best Gilio, man, wasn't he? Yeah, and was at the wedding. So obviously, yeah. as best man, you are going to be at the wedding. Yeah. Um, and you know, they, it was almost a deal done over over wine and champagne at the at the wedding. Is that, but, now tell me, is that true? That just for the listeners, I looked at that and thought, really, it can't be just starting over the second course of. The oh, dinner. I think it was a the kernel of the idea had been there, but right. it was <laughs> it was it absolutely gained momentum out of that. Yeah. As and it went from a sort of a, broad, a a sort of a vague idea to getting real traction. And Hawthorne, it's an interesting one for Hawthorne because they have to weigh up. While it would save them a lot of money in their cap next year, particularly given we expect Mitchell to go to Collingwood, um, they have a lot of money out of their cap, and they bring in some picks, which is mm. more important to them. But they also get very young. They've already oh, lost yeah. McAvoy. They're going to lose, um, and they've lost Gunston. He's been traded out. Mitchell and O'Meara going out. They become a very young team. Yeah, and well, Sicily probably the captain, and they've got Luke Bruce as their only kind of, they've lost Lamb Shields. Yeah. He's gone. Dylan Moore's a sort of emerging leader among them. Yeah, he's still not a, I mean, he's, a, he's finished second or third in their best and fairest. He's a good AFL player, but he's not a, you know, reliable leader at this stage. He's still trying to establish no, they're, his they're career. A young, young sort of team. And, and, Would and you do it? Younger. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. Well, partly because I don't think O'Meara's body's that flash yep. now. He's, he's doesn't look as good below his, you know, picking the ball up, ball up below his knees and his, his agility and his, you know, his sideways movement isn't what it was. He's still got class, but, um, How many the winning? thing is he is an actual, he is a leader as well. Mm. So that that's significant. Um, I think that, and Mitchell, I think will happen. How many weddings have you been to, Mick, that you've ended up, you know, interstate or not quite sure where you're going? <laughs> <laughs> Only in the cab on the way yeah, home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I think most likely um, for a Fremantle pick to come in, it's probably from Lob going out. So if Lob goes out and they get, say, well, that's, a pick there's that a comes chance, in, there's, a, there's chance. a chance that they can get a um, second round for lob, and there might even be a little bit more. Well, if Bulldogs do, if Brisbane does 21 mm. and something for Dunkley. Dunkley, 21 could be passed on for lob. That could end up going all the way back to Hawthorne um, for O'Meara. Mm. That'd be a good deal for, I, I don't even think O'Meara would be worth that much or lob, but it could work out that way. Well, it's only worth, it's only worth that much because um, GWS have those picks. Yeah, that's and true. Were, they had a bunch of picks in that, that bracket that the last of them seemed to be, mm. oh, yeah, we can give you that. Yeah. It, it's too much for him, but we can give it to you. Yeah. I'm not sure Fremantle would have him at that same market rate, trade mm. market rate. Mm. Um, they may get a pick back from Hawthorne if that was the case. It might be a pick slide or something like that. Amir would be handy, I reckon, at the Giants as a, uh extra midfielder, just a bit of experience. I don't. I think no. it's a dunderheaded deal. There idea. you go. That's good. 
Well, why get rid of two good inside mids and bring in an older, less talented one? Because he's mates with one of the captains. Oh, good for him. <laughs> oh, That's a logic. No, I know. But, well, it just creates a, uh, um, a midfield that can compete with other uh, midfields. Well, you don't re- so, like, Fino Callahan just doesn't get a look in then. They've already got Tom Green. Yeah. They've got Josh Kelly. I don't see where he's going to get in that midfield, why he would get in the midfield ahead of them. No, well, I uh, take that on board, but I'll try and frame an you've argument just, in the next 24 hours. those two guys because of a surplus of inside mids. Yeah. Why go and get another mid, inside mid? Because... Who's slow? Because sometimes when you get drunk at a wedding, these things happen. <laughs> <laughs> I normally just get a suit, but they got inside mid. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Where do you think O'Meara is going to end up? I think... As we sit here, there's meetings going on between his management and Hawthorne. Uh, so it'll become clearer clearly out, out of that. He's got some agency in this because he's, he's contracted. And he yep. can say, I'm not going anywhere and I'll go at the end of the year. So it's all in his court as to where, where he goes. And if Hawthorne really want him out, they'll then trade with wherever he wants. If they want, want him out and want the pick, yep. the money out. I think he's more likely to go to Fremantle as we sit here. Yeah, I okay. think that they've got, He's got the more. He's got the go home factor to there. Mm. Um, Hawthorne would, I think, prefer him to go to GWS because of the ease with which that can straight yeah. occur. But I think that for him, like I think he's been offered. Um, my understanding is he'd get a three three years on top of. So sorry, it'd actually end up being a four year deal wow. at GWS. So they they carry, next year and then Hawthorne three carries years the deal that. next year. So yeah. Hawthorne pays his money next year. Right. That he's on that he would have earned at Hawthorne, and mm. then he gets three years. That was my understanding of what was being discussed mm. over canapes at uh, Yeah, at the wedding. You know the what, wedding. they should in- have an innovation. They should put some mark on a jumper if another club's paying part of your wage. be good for supporters to know. You wouldn't that. know who was paying who. Yeah. Like the jumpers, would be, they'd have yeah. paint splashed on them everywhere. <laughs> I don't reckon, I've, I've said this before, but I don't think there's a, there'd be many clubs that aren't paying the wage of... Another Part player. of the wage of a, of a player at another club. Yeah, it's interesting. One of their former players at another club. We'll move on to some listener questions. And we've got one from Adam who says that it seems that there's more deals are being done earlier in this trade period. Does this mean that teams are now more mature about the real value of the players on their list? Or do you think that there is something else at play? Uh, Adam, good question. But I think they're just getting a bit more organised a bit earlier. And if they can actually get the deal done, they get it out of the way and they can concentrate on the more complex deals later in the piece would be yeah, my take. Okay. It's, they seem to be following a, a similar sort of rhythm now, where there it's stuff that's basically been organised ahead of time. Yep. comes in and gets done in the first few days. Yep. Then there's catch your breath, and they start to work out what's going to happen next. And then there's the the second week opens up. As I've it said this, this before. It's like ODI cricket, fifty overs. You go hard early, then you just knock it around, and then hard early, uh, late, hundred by piece. hundred, hundred yeah. by the fifteen over mark. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's always, and then. On top of that, there is always the deals that you know from the first minute yep. are only going to be decided in the last minute. Yeah, Josh Dunkley being Josh the Dunkley. Case. And Ollie Henry could be one where it doesn't get done at all. Correct. Just, just sails through to Which the Which would be coming, I reckon, uh, five or six years ago, you just had an inevitability that every deal would get done, but it's less the case now. Yeah. Well, you also had an inevitability that the deals that do, do get done would be done in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. And we'd talk of... You know, incremental changes for yeah. for week weeks. Well, Ollie Henry actually moves us on to a question from Tim, who says, "Which deals won't get done, and what happens next for the players involved?" 
Well, Henry's the uh, one we've just mentioned that is probably the most dicey. And what happens next if that deal doesn't get done? It's a fair chance they might be able to re-sign Henry to a one-year deal and he might be able to stick it out for another year and then assess his options probably midway through the next season as to whether he goes back to Geelong or Geelong try and put a huge price on him for a one-year deal and get him to the pre-season draft pick 18, but I can't see that happening. Well, it's not normally been Geelong's way to pay players heavily, yeah. so it'd be a funny old thing to... Yeah, well, Jack Martin did it a couple of years ago yeah. where they put a million bucks straight up. They'd have to have the agreement. It's going to be um, not in writing, but, yeah. uh, well, well, we'll stretch it out. Mm. You'll, you'll be on lower terms after I, that. I, my thought is that if Henry doesn't get done, he'll play for Collingwood next year. That would be my guess. Yeah, I think that might be right. Do you suspect Dunkley gets done? I think Dunkley gets done only on the basis that the, at the moment the logjam is that they've got 15 and – sorry, not 15. That was what started the problem in the first place. Pick 21 and a future first on the table, mm. and they want Dunkley and pick 39 in return. Mm. I think if they take that 39 off the table, it gives at least a bit of wriggle room for the Bulldogs to say, okay, see you later. I think that's right. Um, I think the other one um, – I suspect Wiedemann will be done. Yep. Um, yeah, it was a good story from you on Sunday. Uh, that could kind of came out of nowhere. And now Josh Shackey's um, a player that might backfill Sam Wiedemann that Melbourne are looking yeah, at. Yeah, they've, they've raised that as an option. Mm. Yeah. Um, a question from Lee. Is the AFL over-officiating when it limits the extent of what picks the clubs can trade? You can't trade first-round picks in consecutive years, for example. Do they feel they need to protect the clubs from themselves? I'd love to see the floodgates open for all sorts of trades. It works well with NBA teams selling the farm. Multiple first-round picks for a star player. Uh, the first part of the question is, yes, they do feel they need to protect clubs from themselves, or at least they <laughs> Have you did. seen the way some of these clubs run themselves? <laughs> yeah. And uh, they were very worried when they brought in future picks that it might become a bit um, blasé about them. But I think it's becoming, it's maturing to the point where I don't think the limits are as required as they once were. Yeah. So people have kind of got an acceptance of what's, you know, going to hold them in good stead and what they need to hang on to. There's also talk of going two years into the future with their future picks, which yeah. would add, I actually think they need more liquidity in the market. They need more to play with. This year just shows that if you haven't got anything to deal with, you, you struggle to give fair value for players. Yeah, I, don't, I have no problem with being able to trade out all picks in in the future. Yeah, like you can, do I. you can always trade trade in again in the next yeah. the next year when another player's out of contract and things yeah. change. They, it was sort of like putting your toe in the water when they brought these rules in, and they mm. wanted to see how it'd work, and didn't want the sky to fall in when they brought in the rules. And now they've seen that the sky hasn't fallen in. Yeah. Um, there's been enough exposure of teams banking on. Like, well, I think when Collingwood brought in Trelaw, mm. they didn't ever expect to be outside the eight in that second season and therefore ended up being two, two top 10 picks. Um, and so that was a bit of a, a warning to clubs about, well, be careful, you know, when, you, when you're banking on um, or guessing how you're going to go. But, you know, I don't think you're giving too much away if you... I reckon it exacerbates inequality, the future picking, future trade system, because... The poorer performing clubs are always paying higher than the clubs that are perennially up near the top, and it just exacerbates the gap between the two of them. But it's more of an economic argument than a. Yeah, I, someone raised with me today as well. I think this GWS experience again of Tanner Broom 
leaving after two years. Um, obviously, this year we had the the other experience of Henry Horn. asking for a trade after the first two years, Horn Francis after one year. Um, but when Tasmania comes in, oh. I said, you know, how is that going to go with players leaving after the first two years? And and they raised that idea of well, that the the first contract being a three year contract. Yeah, I think certainly for first maybe for first and second rounds. Yep. Players in the first and second round. It'll have to come in. Three is not too long. Uh, Pete Georgie asks, with young players wanting to move back home after only a few years in the system, uh, segueing on from almost read our mind, it is, is it still in the club's best interest to recruit and invest in the best young talent available at the time of the draft pick, no matter where they are from, or are they best to choose a player from their state? It's a really good question, Georgie, and I was talking to someone today about this. The Giants... Look, I don't know enough about the draft pool to say this definitively, but Aaron Cadman, there are elements to Aaron Cadman. A, they need a tall player, but also the fact that they think he's not a go-home problem, which makes him a more enticing prospect, regardless of whether they rate him one, two or three, than the other players in the draft. Similarly with West Coast, dropping back from pick two to pick eight, it's a real worry that they're actually thinking... Well, our draft pick at pick two is not that valuable because the only the best players there are going to go home after a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. So they work to it, but they've got the advantage of sufficient players coming through from their yeah, state WA, exactly. that, that they can can do that. You're not in that situation in the northern states, and I, I know that for certainly um, some of the clubs in in New South Wales and and Queensland, they took the view. They they preferred if they take you know, basically a lot of the talent's going to be coming out of Victoria. Yeah. They preferred the country kids to the yeah. to the city kids because yeah. they're moving away from home anyway, no yeah. matter where they are. Yeah, they've been prepared all th- since they're ten or eleven that they're going to have to move out at eighteen if they want to. Yeah, well, they don't have if to. They haven't moved somewhere yeah. else before, but um, yeah, so they do prioritise that. It is in the club's best interest. Is a short answer to recruit and invest in players with taking that into account more and more. Yeah, and it's a it's a worrying uh, development, I reckon, for the competition. Mark said that the Bows and Fiorini trades, while both being salary dumps, and Fiorini hasn't been traded as yet. No, and I won't suspect be. he won't be. No, it's Graham Wright basically said it won't happen, and I spoke to Fiorini's manager, who said it's very unlikely. Our question from Julian for you, Peter: mm. Why is Carlton so quiet for a team that failed to make the finals? Or why is Carlton so quiet for a team that is often not quiet? Yeah, I know. Well, I'd be quiet too if I was Carlton. No, that's not fair. Um, well, I'd be quiet too if I've got up a list that they've got already. Well, this is the point. They've signed Charlie Curnow and uh, Harry Mackay in this already since the end of the season on long-term deals. And they've also got Sam Walsh, Paddy Cripps, the Brownlow medalist, uh, Jacob Wiedering as their five big guns. And they've also got a couple of players like Mitch McGovern, Zach Williams, George Hewitt, Adam Chera. They've been really mm. active. So Setterfield trading out. They traded out Setterfield. They put Paddy Dow on the market. Loved Paddy Dow, but they, um, you know, thought his opportunities might be greater elsewhere. But he'll look like he'll stay there in 2023. And Blake Akers, they got him, which is a really good pickup because uh, he had a good season for Fremantle. He was one of their better players in the finals, uh, particularly against Collingwood. So they've fulfilled a need. Okay, and a final question from Paddy. The, lev- the lovely Paddy, lovely email from Paddy. I'm sad to see Luke Jackson leave the D's, but he's played to the end of his contract, so I think it's a bit silly that we'd be get we'd get anything back for him leaving. 
Gee, that's um, that's that's generous. His departure has value for the D's just by opening up cap space. I'm on a contract at work, and it would seem absurd to me if, at the end of my contract, I had to ask my bosses to arrange a trade to get to the next place that wants to employ me. Will the league ever be able to have an all-inclusive free agency for all out-of-contract players? Uh, they may be able to, but it would take a lot of thinking and significant change in the culture and it also um, uh, probably uh, the draft would be um, diminished. Can, can I just say no? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 it won't. Be no, no, but I like the thought of bosses in all businesses having to arrange a trade to get to the next place. What do you reckon you'd get? <laughs> no, no. I'd be, you know, I'd be a delisted free agent. <laughs> There'd be no issues They got rid of the veterans list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in trouble. No, no, but it'd just be funny to see what some people I think, would get. <laughs> I, yeah. I think Paddy's right, though, in one sense that the, um, I think that they're more likely to, the next step is for free agency qualification period to be dropped. Yeah, 23 or 24. Yeah, dropped to say five, five or six years. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, from from eight, and I think that maintaining your free agency after that, yep. and not having to redo it, and once you're free, once you've been in the system for that length of time, I think that's the next step as well. I think the opening up the cap space is a is a theory, but really, if you can't attract players, or if you've got a good player and they leave, that's a massive hole. Like Jeremy Cameron leaves the Giants, and they have a lot of space in their salary cap, but really their setback five years. Well, that's all we have time for for today. Thanks for joining us and stay tuned to our live coverage and the best news and analysis at theage.com.au, especially to, uh, tomorrow on the final day of the trade period, which culminates at 7.30pm on uh, Wednesday. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so via email, realfootypod at theage.com.au. And don't forget to subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow evening to wrap up all the action from the final day of the trade period. Catch you then. Listener.